Hello, hello, and welcome to the Borealis Experience. I'm so excited to be spending some time with Troy Vincent today. It is uh, an incredible story that he will share with us. And yeah, we just had a chat the other day and I felt the need to interview Troy because I know his story will bring a lot of hope and light and courage to people. And we just can't have enough of this right now, especially before Christmas. Troy, thank you so much for making the time to be here with us today. Um, yeah, do you want to dive in and share with us what your last 10 days looked like a little bit to invite yeah. people to your life? <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for having me, Aurora. As you gave me the introduction there, I'm like, who's she going to talk to? This guy sounds interesting. That's oh. not me. <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess the last few days, the last week and a half was kind of um, a lot of things brewing up towards it, of course, is that's what happens with change. Uh, a journey that began about three years ago and really ramped up into this year with just, you know, a lot of self-development and uh, self-care uh, focus, um, really studying the psychology of of happiness and uh geez i'm drawing a blank now um mindset and grow of uh, meditation um positive psychology just a, a whole array of stuff that i dove into just for my own self purposes yeah. um and then as my journey went along i discovered something called life coaching which i'd never heard of and it's been around for forever <laughs> but uh <laughs> um i met up with a life coach who introduced me to neuro-linguistic programming, which is NLP. And some people might be very familiar with that. Tony Robbins is one of the big names behind NLP. He's, he's utilizes it. And so I actually went to Arizona uh, a week and a half ago to do some training for four days, extensive, intensive training, uh, like 10 hours a day. And just learned a lot of different things about, you know, the brain and, and our language that we use, that we use and, and how powerful it is. And uh, yeah, and within one of the techniques that I was learning, um, I've been feeling a calling of becoming a life coach and helping connect with people in such a deeper way than I, I have via my soon to be old job, which is radio. Um, and the aspect of radio that I do love is a way to connect with people. But This is far deeper. And so one of the techniques allowed me to kind of ask the question, is it time to let go of radio and move on to something else like life coaching? And yeah, it just really, really resonated and spoke to me kind of midway through the technique. It's like, I didn't even have to finish it, Aurora. It's just like, this is it. It's time. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta go dive into this. So, oh, I don't have anything in front of me planned whatsoever great yeah but my salary start from zero and dive in and so i came back from from that conference and i handed in my resignation to my boss yeah wow that is so i mean 
there's lots of people who have done that during the last two years here. Um, but mm -hmm. you've been in your job for so many years and I don't know, a voice, a voice carries so far. Like you've been in people's hearts and people's souls and people's minds, like through the radio station. Um, and it must have been hard at the same time to, to resign and, and to say, okay, like this is it now. Um, but as you are very excited for this next journey, um, it's not that painful, but it's still, yeah, it's a chapter that needs closure. And, and how do you say that in English? It, um, the time that you spent on the radio really, yeah, um, formed your character and helped you grow as well, I'm oh. sure, no? Absolutely. I was, a, I was always a shy kid growing up, you know, um, and a really great listener. If you were to ask my friends from school, uh, if you were to tell them I got into radio, they'd be like, what? No, he doesn't talk. For <laughs> He wouldn't talk for a living. He would listen for a living. Uh, so yeah, it gave me a chance to find my voice. Oh. And and really craft that. And so I'm very grateful for radio for that because I was kind of born with the listening skills. It's just a matter of finding my voice. And now I'm able to combine both into the next path that I want to take. And so that's really, really great. And, you know, 23 years later, I, I actually started off in radio by accident. Mm. I didn't go to school for it. I didn't even grow up listening to radio. <laughs> um I, uh, I did it for the most noble of reasons, Aurora. Uh, in university here in Lethbridge, there was a very pretty girl named Dana who asked me and my buddy if we wanted to do a radio show, and we said yes. And then we made, started making a pact with each other because <laughs> we decided she's going she's gonna to fall in love with one of us, clearly. And so we made a pact that we wouldn't get mad <laughs> if she chose the other person. And then we showed up the very next day to a meeting at the radio station and she introduced us to her very cool, very tall, very tough boyfriend. And uh, we were stuck with a radio show <laughs> and, but it was great. I, I dove into that and, and yeah, it, it kind of just accidentally blossomed into a career that I didn't even want to jump into right away. I, I just thought I'll try this until it stops being fun. And now 23 years have gone by. <laughs> And uh, I think it's finally time. It's finally time. So yeah, caught me off guard, caught me by surprise. And it's been uh, quite an interesting journey there, starting off with someone who really wasn't that good at talking at all. Yeah. Oh, man. So that means your personality, your soul loves challenges. And um, now yeah. your bestest equipped for, for your new job that you're going to tackle here soon now let me ask you when it comes to coaching especially life coaching um i feel we all have a story to share that we all have a story of pain sometimes even drama to share uh, we went through some stuff and learned how to help ourselves um, my listeners know my story a little bit and how i became a podcaster and a life coach But how is it for you? Like, was it always, you know, this, this self-awareness and 
and understanding relationship dynamics come easy to you or did you have to learn it the hard way? Um, what was your journey that led to, to wanting to become a life coach? Yeah, you said you are, um, you're passionate about what you're learning right now, but on a, on a soul level, on an emotional level, what went on there? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember from all the stuff that I've been kind of studying over the last year, especially but the last two years, um, friends started telling me, Hey, you should become a therapist. And I was like, no, I don't want to go back to school that long, but you know, cool, cool idea. Um, so I, I like helping people, you know, I've been in pain and you want to help others <laughs> alleviate it of it and help elevate others. Um, and then I discovered life coaching and I discovered it through a friend who actually experienced something called MER and that's um, mental and emotional release. And it's a technique that's kind of tethered into NLP. And I saw such a huge change from someone who is battling so much depression. And I said, I got to find out what this is. Because even though all the work I was doing to, you know, deal with my baggage and uh, try to rediscover myself um, after being in a relationship where it was, I became too codependent. Like we just by accident, because we got along so well, <laughs> that we've just, you know, lost ourselves. And so it was time for self-discovery. Um, and so I went and I visited this life coach and I learned about MER and I said, yes, I want to do this. And it's a, an intensive kind of two day process um, nothing too invasive or anything like that. It's not like you got to go to a therapist and, you know, you know, spill out your heart or anything like that. Uh, it's just a lot of language and visual techniques and connecting with your unconscious mind. And it seems so simple and that it shouldn't work, but it totally works. And when it did from that moment on, I'm like, this is a miracle. And hmm. this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do right here. I want to help people. Uh, overcome all of their baggage stuff that they might not even know about that's just kind of sitting in your unconscious mind and really kind of holding us back in a lot of ways creating limiting beliefs uh, creating a lot of fear and doubt and uh, when I experienced that it was is I guess the way to liken it to one thing is like we all can overreact at something and when we do it's because it's a tie it's 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 attached to baggage so if you get angry at something and you should be re reacting like a three out of a 10 on a scale, but you react like six, you know, your, your people will be like, Whoa, geez, you're really ticked off about this, but it's not, you're, you're actually bringing in old baggage into this, into that situation. But once you do this process, it's done, it's gone. And so from that moment on, like, you know, when you get mad at something, you're like, this is authentic. <laughs> like, this is authentic frustration in this very moment. You feel so present. And when we're present, we, uh, you know, we're elevated and we have a chance to, you know, be more happier and be more engaged in our world. And so it's, it's just a miracle thing. And so as soon as I did that, I, I said, I got to learn this. And so going to that NLP conference where I did it in Arizona, that was step one. And now step two will be for me to go to one in the new year. And, and I want to be able to kind of help alleviate this for other people. And the things that I've seen people overcome with it are just really great. 
they did a they did an experiment, I guess, if that would be at a test. Well, they had like a, a depression clinic, right? And I believe this was down in the States and they had X amount of people who were battling depression and they had a certain sort of treatment that they had. And it was really good. They had like 70% effective rate where they would help people get over their depression. Uh, and I think it was only like 10, maybe 15% relapse would occur. So there's pretty good numbers there. Like they're helping people. Well, then they brought in MER and they had 100% effective rate, 0% relapse. Wow. And it's just like, that's so powerful in a world where we are getting more and more in touch with mental health and the fact that so many of us battle it. We all battle it in some sort of way, whether it's a small increments, a low scale, you know, right up to a high scale. And so um, just to have that and be able to free people from from that bag and what holds them back and just elevate them and send them on the way. Like, it's going to be so amazing. It's, it, it's my passion and it's my purpose. And so uh, I couldn't resist, you know, following that Dharma. I just, I just had to sit there and go, yeah, it's time to move on radio, even though it's been really good for me and it's a great creative outlet. Um, people think I'm silly to give up a radio job, but, uh, but this is it. You know, when, when you find your next level passion, you got to go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, this is so incredibly beautiful. And I'm sure the pharmaceutical companies will not like to hear this. <laughs> you're right like how is this not this should be a thing where this should spread like a virus right like it should just totally cover the world yeah no 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 we have to we have to be on a quest you know i want to put it in in fairy tale language it's not about the bad pharma it's about the universe wanting us to want to heal and uh, we have to be on a quest we have to Uh, find those tools that can heal us and when we are in alignment with that we're going to attract people like you into our lives and then we're going to heal it's not going to be in the news it's not going to be over social media and um, yeah we have to make peace with that because it's too magical just like you say right it's there's no big trick there's no magic potion uh, that you have to swallow down it's um, just correct me if I'm wrong, it is learning about yourself, making sense of it, and then not being a victim of your past and your little monkey mind that sometimes decide to run through with stuff. Yeah. Um, and what's, what's incredible is you don't have to like really struggle to, to overcome anything. You don't have to be mindful to, like you're, you're tapping into your unconscious mind, right? And so even when the whole process is done, you're like, that's it. Did it work? <laughs> But it totally worked. I saw a gal uh, in Arizona. She was uh, terrified of elevators. Since she was a little kid, she got trapped in an elevator for like three hours when she was a kid. And mm. so she never went back into an elevator ever again. And she lived in Paris and she never went into the elevator to go up the Eiffel Tower. Um, so it was another city that she lived in. She was in a high rise. She lived like on the 20s second floor and she never took the elevator she took the stairs all the time and so she was at this conference with me at this training and they did the MER on her 
And again, it was only like, maybe like a 10 minute process. And it's just a visualization thing. And sure enough, it's like, okay, how do you feel about elevators? She's like, yeah, I'm fine with it. Which, of course, you know, the trainer's like, well, should we go test this out? And so a bunch of us, all of us got up and started walking down the hall of the hotel and right to an elevator. She got inside. I made sure that I snuck my way inside too, because I wanted to see her in action and <laughs> see what the experience was like. And I was right beside her. And she, she had the expression on her face, like she'd been in an elevator every day her entire life. Like it was the most boring, mundane, neutral thing. It's just like, yeah, I'm just in an elevator. I'm just going up to the fourth floor. Simple as that. And it was just incredible because the energy and the expression on her face when she was sharing her story, you know, like 15 minutes beforehand, you can see the terror, you know, her body would just shake and just ripple and give her shivers when she thought about getting into an elevator. And then suddenly now it's like, yeah, this is a thing. I can just do this now. And it's gone. You know, that, that, that phobia is gone. And, and I just want to be able to do that for people just to help alleviate. Yeah. Yeah. It is so crazy because I feel most of the time, like we are doing all right. You know, we're, we're fine. We're not in big pain, but life is not as awesome as it could be. But we can't really put a finger on it. Why? Why we're not more content or happy. And then a coach like you comes into play and points out, hey, you have limited beliefs. You still think that you're not deserving and that you're not enough. Or you still think that the traumatic experience from back then is... Uh, supposed to yeah limit your beliefs nowadays in order to keep you safe and then all of a sudden that person realizes oh no I can actually let go of all this and I mean just for you to witness that but for the person now to know that oh they can actually tap back into their potential and get closer to their purpose to what they're meant to, to yeah to to what they were meant to accomplish here and do here on planet earth and it's just so yeah it's so amazing and i'm so glad that i met you because um i feel exactly the same about about this job and a lot of times yeah coaches feel like oh my god this is going to be competition and i don't want him to you know to look oh, at my books no. and I want to look at these books <laughs> and no, this is not how it goes because people react no. to energy. They're drawn to your energy and then um, you go from there. Like it's um, competition is the old way of looking at it and, and working together and boosting each other, I feel is the new world. <clears throat> it's um, yeah. yeah. Very, very sweet. We all can, we all need, you know, we can all benefit from coaching. I, I like how people will kind of, actually had a friend ask me if I was joining a cult when I told them what I was going to do. <laughs> I was like, what, what do you, what do you think life coaching is? <laughs> That was an interesting conversation. Uh, and yeah, so people don't have an understanding. I go, it's weird. They'll, they'll understand coaching of a whole variety of other things. But then you say life coaching and they're like, what? Well, life coaching, what's that? What kind of mind control manipulation is this? It's like, 
no, we're all living. And so it's like the most important coaching we can get, you know, and, and it, it doesn't matter where you are in your life, where you are on your happiness level, you can always be a little bit happier. If you have confidence, you can boost that, whatever it might be. We all have areas that kind of can sink and we can elevate them and improve upon them. And, you know, that's what the life coaching is. And, and, and people don't quite understand exactly. Like you can have your life together in a lot of ways. It doesn't mean, in fact, the people, the successful people are the ones who get coaches. Yes. Because they know exactly. it works. Yeah. They've got, they know mentors, they get coaching. And so people who aren't successful, they're like, I don't know what this coaching is. And it's like, you will be successful if you get a coach. Yeah. I mean, the most successful people have a coach. You know, when, when people think of even in sports terms, you could take the greatest player in whatever sport, like Tom Brady in football. He has a head coach. He's got an offensive coordinator coach. He's got a quarterback coach. He's got a, his own personal trainer for his body. He's got his coach for his uh, food. He's got, he's got so many coaches in his life, and that's what these successful people do. They, yeah. they surround themselves with people who can you know see because we can't see everything within ourselves when the because we're looking outward and we can't always see totally inward what other people can see we don't hear our own language sometimes and so you can find really guidance and it's not being told what to do you know you're being guided all the answers are within us and it's amazing um when you unleash that and experience it and uh, that's why you know me and you we're coaches and yet we have coaches because we know it works <laughs> yeah. and, and how powerful it is. Oh yeah. I couldn't do this without. <laughs> There's no way. Because, <laughs> like you say, first of all, we don't, we don't have all the tools. We don't have all the skills. And second of all, we are human beings who also go through depressive phases, who go through phases of self-doubt. And um, yeah, we, we have to, pour our heart out to people that kind of have a neutral position and and have yeah. our interest in mind and that's okay you once you accept that that you can't do it all and that's how it's supposed to be you have to do it as a team it's great um as long as you resist it as long as you think no this is not for me and i have to struggle life has to be hard um it's it's gonna be tough and I feel yeah there is people that are naturally like open up to you and learn from you and there's people who who are going to be curious but then they're going to find out no this is too challenging um I can't deal with uncertainty I can't deal with my own power That's what I discovered is that there's people you will show them in the mirror. Hey, this is what I see in you and you claim that power and you can achieve this and that. And they will be like, no, I don't want to tap into my energy. I want to yeah. stay in victim <laughs> mentality and suffer and be in pain and That for me is the very hardest part as a coach to see someone um, choosing to stay in the in the pain zone. Um, but I had to learn yeah. that everybody heals at their own speed, and if they're not ready, nobody—it's nobody's fault. 
No, you're right. And, and it's really tough because, yeah, we, see, we do see their potential. We see the potential in everyone. And, and you want to show it to them. And if they're not ready to see it, that's not going to help. Or if they're not ready. Have you experienced? This was kind of based on my own observations with myself. And then I noticed everyone else in the world kind of doing it too. Like the two phases of change where, you know, that first phase is like, I want to change. I, I need to change you know? Mm -hmm. And, and so you see something in your life, you're experiencing something, you're like, something's got to change. I have to change. And then you don't. (laughs) And (laughs) it's not until you're ready to change that you actually do. And that's phase two. And so you come across a lot of people in our business who are in phase one and they're like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm coming near my wits end and I, things have to be different. And, you know, they're sincere in that. They're very sincere. And so, you know, your heart goes out to them and you empathize with them. Um, but then there's that, there's that thing where it's like, they're not ready. I, I remember a story that I heard recently. I was talking to a guy and he's a motivational speaker. He was going through a rough patch in his life and his mom was on, his, on her deathbed. And he kind of felt this guilt, like, oh my goodness, like this wonderful woman, she adopted him into her, the family, you know, and raised him and took care of him, protected him. Um, he went on to become like an NFL player uh, and his career was over and his life was kind of, you know, kind of not as good. It was not good. It was in kind of in shambles and his relationships were in shambles and he was embarrassed. And so on her deathbed, he's like promising. It's like, mom, I'm going to make you proud and I need to be a better son. And he's making a promise with himself. Right. Mm -hmm. And then from that moment right there, he proceeded to not do anything. For a year and a half. And it was a year and a half that phase two finally kicked in. So phase one was right there on the deathbed of his mother as she's breathing her last breath. And he's like, I, I want change. I need change. This has to happen. And then it took him a year and a half to finally go, all right, <laughs> I'm ready for change. And mm-hmm. so, you know, something powerful like that, you know, I just kind of keep that in mind when I just remember that people are in different those two different phases and so uh yeah there's a lot of people who aren't ready for coaching and i'll just flat out tell them that too i'll be like you're not ready for me and there's no (laughs) shame in that whatsoever i've experienced it many times where i have not been ready for change you know yeah sometimes that gap between phase one and two is like a day sometimes it's a year and a half yeah and and yeah so i just tell people you're not ready and that's okay and you're gonna get there you know and if you want to coach and come find me otherwise or, or get a coach. It doesn't have to be me. Like, if you want it, it's going to elevate your life and it's going to be amazing for you. So you have yeah. a beautiful vision of what you want. And you can get it. Your success is inevitable. If you do the inner work and the outer work, all of us, our success is inevitable. And mm-hmm. I guess that's why, you know, as I come to this, you know, crossroads of where I'm leaving radio and I'm moving on to coaching and a lot of people are going, wow, you must be terrified. You're giving up your salary. And it's true. like, I got zero income plan for 2022, uh, yeah. but I still got bills and people like the, and, and, you know, you don't know if it's going to work. And I just, I just say, no, nah, like my success is inevitable. And, and a big part of this, the MER releasing that was limiting beliefs, you know, uh, one of them was, was, I'm not good enough. And I, 
I've achieved so many things in my life and I never got to fully really enjoy those achievements because I was just kind of, you have that imposter syndrome. Like you're worried that, okay, I, I lucked out and I got this, but I got to keep working really hard. So I became a workaholic and always just trying to, you know, prove to myself maybe that I was good enough for the next level, the next level, the next level. Uh, so I released all of that. And now I'm just like, I am good enough. I can actually just say that and actually believe it. And so I just know I'm going to be able to face any challenges. My confidence went from person who had very low self-confidence to someone who a lot of people might think I have too much now because <laughs> it's such a drastic change. Uh, and it's just, it's just, it's just such an amazing place to be in when you can let go of that and, and really get in tune with who you are and what you're capable of. And I don't even know what I'm fully capable of. Yeah. And is what, like you said, we have self doubts even within ourselves and we see so much potential in everyone else. But sometimes we can't see in ourselves. Uh, and so you, you, there's a mystery and I'm actually more curious and intrigued by the mystery than scared of the mystery. And I just know that whatever challenges are going to come, I want obstacles because that means you are making progress. You're getting closer. You're, you're growing. Yeah. I want fail because that means <laughs> you're trying. Um, whereas a lot of the times, you know, you'd be afraid I was a perfectionist once upon a time, like severe perfectionist. I hated failing. I would let anyone else fail in front of me and I would nurture them and comfort them and go, Hey, don't be so hard on yourself. And then I would use every swear word in the book when I made a mistake because <laughs> I needed to be perfect. And it was from something that was deep rooted in my youth. And so I was able to let that go. And so because of that, I love making mistakes now. I love learning from it. And I know obstacles are just there. They're not a deterrent to tell you to stop going down this path. They are something to go, hey, it's time to grow. It's time to stretch. It's time to learn new ways of, of doing things. Because mm -hmm. what you know right now is not going to work. That's so great. You're going to learn something new and you're going to be better for it. And that's just exciting. And so, yeah, you know, when it comes to people say, well, it must be so scary. And I'm like, it's not, it's not scary at all. I have zero regrets about leaving behind my 23-year radio career. And uh, I don't know, I've let go of the results of what's going to be coming up next, but I am all in on the journey. And, and because of that, I really don't have any, any fear. I'm, and I know my success is inevitable because I'm going to continue doing the inner work and I'm going to put in the, the effort for the outer work. And so it's just, it's just a matter of when that's the mystery. When, when am I going to, what will that success look like? And when will it happen? And that's what the equation is for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. And how much we're open to it or not. And it's, uh, it's incredible when you say, yeah, you are um, on this new path now and you're not scared. Uncertainty is something that excites you instead of uh, ignites like crippling anxiety. Um, mm -hmm. And there's, there's, you know, people where you can sense, oh, yeah, they've learned to repeat affirmations that they've heard on, uh, I don't know, a podcast, a radio station, or read in a book. Um, and then mm -hmm. there's people where you can really feel that they are walking their talk, right? Do you know what I mean? Like some people like talk in a lot of... Absolutely affirmative ways and and you're like okay i get all this but your vibe is not really you're trying to sell me something here and i don't like it and with you <laughs> the first time we talked 
I could sense that you really meant it. And I mean, I'm probably not the first person you attract into your life who's who's telling you, hey, if there's anything in my power I can do to boost you, uh, please let me know. And you're going to meet more people who are going to lift you up because they can feel your strong desire to be out there and to do this work. And that is so, that is hard to put into words because you will feel it and you will know what I mean right now. Maybe you know already, um, but there will be, yeah, no big fear, no big anxiety, no big, oh my God, where's my money going to come from? Because people know that you are a no bullshitter. And this is so incredibly valuable in a world where, you know, there is a salesperson at every corner for pretty much everything 24 7 <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and uh, if there's people like you among them who who actually is very calm and says hey i can just share my tools with you we can start talking and um we can be raw and honest here and and there's gonna be yeah no doubt that you're gonna make it uh, big times out there so I'm excited to follow you. I'm excited to hear about your story uh, come 2022. Um, if there was one thing or maybe let's say two things that you would say to a person who is in a situation right now that they found out shit, like they have to pay their bills. They're unhappy with their jobs now what yeah. what can they do if if they don't really know what their purpose is so what helped you like you were busy with your radio station and you said you got interested in coaching but what would you advise to a person who who doesn't quite know okay what is my purpose here how can i get closer to it yeah you know small hinges swing big doors right and uh You got to do a small step. And like first thing I would do is just pick up a book, pick up a book on self-growth and you start to go inward because that's where all the answers are. It's, if you're looking for happiness, it's not outside. Uh, I've done a lot of that. You know, there's, there's, there's joyous experiences from externally. Absolutely. And I love, you know, new external stimuli for that reason, but you know, they're true contentment comes from within and it took me a long time <laughs> to really tap into that and i i battled anxiety i've battled panic attacks and i've overcome that completely and did a one 180 on it um and it started with just kind of delving into myself and you'll start to learn more about yourself and when you do that you'll see how it aligns up with something and then when you're ready the universe is going to put something in your path I had no idea life coaching was a thing. And then everything I had just been preparing for on my own, I didn't even know was preparation. I was just trying to be a better person, just trying to grow and, you know, from within. And that's where it begins. You do the inner work and it shines outward and you're going to find your passion. It's going to reignite there with you. And then when you do, don't ignore it. You, uh, you're going to have doubts. We have the two parts of our brain, 
um, one is the primal brain, the monkey mind, and and then the other one's the evolved brain. And that old monkey mind, it's very outdated software. Um, where you know that's that's our fear, our you know fight or flight mechanism. So so many times we think we're our brain asks us, tries to put us and convince us we're in danger, and that means anytime we try to grow, it's like don't it's going to be uncomfortable. And so it tries to keep you safe and keep you stuck is in, in the end is what it does. And so you've got to learn how to, to silence that once it pops up, just go, okay, that's just, that's just that critter brain there. That's just that part of my mind. And that's okay. You know, you don't chastise it or anything like that. You just accept it for what it is. And if the building's ever on fire, you're going to love the fact that you have that part of your brain still. <laughs> but, but otherwise you just really get in tune with, with your mind, with your unconscious, because even at a conscious level, that's the conscious mind is such a small part of who we are. It's on the unconscious level that you got a deep dive deep into. And when you do, that's where you're going to find everything that you need. And, and it's within you and you got it. And just keep taking small steps forward and it just turns into something much, much bigger. And it's going to require uncomfortable action. And you'll learn if you can shift your mindset to learn that that's an exciting thing and you welcome it. Yeah. We all have our potential. It's, it's tough when you do see people start to dream and they know how it's going to change their life. And then they hold back just because they're not willing to take that mm. uncomfortable step. They're not mm -hmm. willing to be uncomfortable, yeah. you know, to get exactly what they want. Yeah. Oh, so beautifully said. And I, I totally agree with everything you said there. And it's like you say at the end, the big part is that you have to be willing to, to let go a little bit of the addiction to having to feel good all the time and to embrace that yeah. life is really dark at times. Life is pretty dramatic at times. Life is scary at times and it is okay. You don't need to live in denial or distract yourself from it. It's, it's part of it. And especially self-growth um, is not like progress is not linear. There's lots of detours and um, being a little bit uncomfortable for the right reasons is um the strongest lesson I've learned here in 2021, I think. Um, I have one more question for you. I was going to wrap up now, but I have one more question for you. <laughs> What is the biggest lesson you've learned about yourself in recent years that, that you would like to share with us? biggest lesson from a mental standpoint it was becoming aware of the two parts of the brain that will you know primal part that tries to tell you you're in danger all the time and just knowing how to communicate with it and just saying no i'm safe i'm not in danger i'm actually very very safe uh and then you can proceed no problem um but what really shifted for me um, what i'm really grateful for is 
that I finally love myself. Mm. And for the longest time, um, I, I would really like myself. And there's other times that I would absolutely despise myself. <laughs> and part of that was, you know, the demands that I, I put on, um, you know, the baggage that maybe I was carrying around was I was given up for adoption when I was born and had um, stayed in an orphanage for a few months. You know, I wouldn't have any direct memories of it, but I was stayed in an orphanage. And then I was adopted by a very great couple. And, uh, you know, I've, I've also lost them in my life um, over the years. And, you know, my, my goodness, my mom, she passed away 2002 now. So it's almost 20 years. Um, so you, in a lot of ways you feel like orphaned and, and then <laughs> the, the goddamn pandemic didn't help when you live alone and you work alone and everything's just alone, alone, alone. But it gave me a chance to really dive into myself and, and I became my best friend. Mm. And that's something I never was to myself. I was a best friend for so many people and I was never a best friend for myself. And, uh, so that's an incredible gift that has come out of all of this for me and if if people can take that journey if there's part of you that you don't like that you're holding you back from really loving yourself really I, aurora i would i accepted everyone's flaws except for my own <laughs> you know uh, if people made mistakes i would laugh along with them and say they're really goofy you know just the flaws right it's a lot of charm mm. and but when i when i would do it then i would just I'd be embarrassed. I'd you know, want to crawl with inside myself. And I've just learned at some point to let that go. It just all of a sudden just happened. And, and it's the most amazing gift because when you can do that, then no matter where you are, you're with your best friend. Mm. That brings tears to my eyes. That is so precious, so beautiful. And wow. Thank you so much for sharing that, for being here and, and being so, yeah, vulnerable and transparent and, and at the same time so courageous. Um, it's been a great pleasure, Troy, to, to have you here. Thank you so, so it's, much. Uh, it's, it's weird being on this side of it. I'm used to being the person who's hosting <laughs> things, right, on the radio. And so I'm usually asking the questions, <laughs> asking the questions as a coach, asking the questions as a host. Uh, so yeah it's, it's weird to be in the spotlight because i love shining the spotlight on anybody and everybody else oh well i will invite you back and then you'll be my host um i would gladly answer some questions uh, yes that would be so much fun and yes we should interview you yeah no i really like, your idea. I like that idea <laughs> all right well thank you so much for being here and um yeah If you guys want to reach out to Troy, I will put his information in the show notes. Um, is there any other way people can contact you for now? Is Facebook the best? Uh, Facebook's a great way to do it, but yeah, I'll give you the information and you can just share it as you see fit. Um, yeah, I'm not in hiding or anything like that. So people okay. can reach out and uh, thank you. Thank you for the conversation. I feel really blessed to cross paths with you and, Uh, we connected so fast and uh, I feel like I've just, you know, made a friend really fast and, and it's really, really neat. Yeah. And uh, you are 
you are a shining light. You are, I love your sunny disposition. You are magnetic and you are a gem. Thank oh. you, Aurora. Thank you so much, Troy. And you have a wonderful rest of your day. You bet.